From the unexplained to the mundane, come join us on a journey to the fringe. Hello and welcome to Journey to the Fringe. If you need a McDonald's mascot analogy, where most podcasts will cover your Ronald McDonald's or Mayor McCheeses of the world, we're going to cover the Uncle O'Grimaces and Griddlers of the world. We are your <laughs> podcast hosts, some of whom had to learn far too much about McDonald's lore for this opener, Taylor and Chelsea. And today, I have been assured we have an absolute banger of an episode for you. We do. So, I think that's enough. I need to talk about the McDonald's lore. That wasn't just off the top of your head. <laughs> no, I need to learn more. The Griddler has an entire conspiracy theory around him. What? Okay, yeah. that has to be a future episode. Somebody write it down. It's not me. Somebody listening, please. Please help us. Okay, it's the episode nobody asked for, but deep down you all felt a longing for in your soul. Move over, tall whites, grays, reptilians, ebens. And you know all the other aliens we know and love. It's blue avian time. No way. The stuff. Shh. Don't say that yet. (laughs) You can bleep that out for the episode. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to bleep it out. I'm going to leave it and bleep it. Wow. Chelsea, that sounds so familiar. I feel like I've heard this before. Well, (laughs) folks, you're right. You have heard this before. But if you haven't figured it out yet... Don't pay attention to the bleep. You're going to have to hold on for just a little bit. I decided we really needed a deep dive on these avian aliens because, quite frankly, I haven't heard shit about them before. It's almost like they're a new thing. Yeah, it's almost as if somebody made them up. (laughs) Exactly. Outside of the one time they have came up on our episode, and apparently they're gaining a strange amount of popularity. So I'm going to divide this into two sections because I know you're going to have questions, Taylor. First, I'm going to talk about the blue avians and what they're like, where they came from. That information you need to know. And then I'm going to move on to the good stuff. So I'm doing this strategically. As we always do. I feel like that's always how we set this up. So first things first, let's project the avian aliens into your mind. Just what they look like, what they're about, get a general sense of peacefulness that they bring. If you were to see one, they're like seven or eight feet tall, like an NBA star tall. (laughs) And exactly as it sounds, they're avian humanoids. They're covered with indigo blue and violet feathers. Sometimes it varies, I guess. Okay, so they are covered in feathers. feathers. I wasn't actually sure if they were like a plucked avian. Yeah, yeah, you could make a nice down quilt pillow coat out of them. Maybe that's why the government refuses to disclose their knowledge of these people, because there would be such a demand for down blankets, jackets with their stuff. Millions, yeah, that's how I'm going to become a billionaire. Whatever variation it is, I'm sure it equates to blue, otherwise it'd be like a turquoise avian. Since they're avian humanoids, they do have beaks. They're flexible beaks, which is a weird factoid of information about them. Not sure if someone found that out personally or if they just offered that information up. They're like, see this beak right here? Do you think somebody went up and like poked it? I mean, (laughs) I don't know. I have to show you in general what they remind me of and if you can identify this Is it Is it the lawyer from Futurama? No. Oh, that guy too. Okay, what was his name again? I have to just go back to my notes. What's his name again? Oh, right. Let's see what we got here. 
Okay, so he reminds me of this guy a little bit. Oh. The blue avians. <laughs> Isn't it? It's Nimbly from the never-ending story. Never-ending <laughs> yeah. story, too. Yeah, the bird guy. I don't know if he's in the first one. We didn't grow up with the first one. <laughs> they speak telepathically, but at the same time, they use hand signals with one hand. But not just their hand, it's their entire arm using during communication. So, uh, I don't know. That would be a really awkward conversation to see. Wouldn't it? I mean, hand, sign language is just hand, so it's weird that the whole arm is involved. Well, do they actually have, like, visible hands? Because they're I covered in so. feathers. And, like, yeah, birds clearly humanoid. don't have hands. They're humanoids. Wouldn't that be weird if it was a human with, like, <laughs> like chicken wings? They also use light physical touch to induce forced positive emotional and physical response. I find this also to be a weird factoid because you're going to find out shortly that they're all about love and light and you know all that stuff, but they can treat you however they want if they can induce forced positive response in theory. That has a weird sexual undertone to it. It has a very weird, like, dark undertone to it to yeah. me. Because it's anything forced is not generally great. Just saying. I I don't want any kind of forcefulness in anything. Even if it is a positive response. I don't... That could mean I don't want to give a positive response, yet you're making me do that. Just like the Shen Yun. <laughs> it's a real emotional and spiritual <laughs> adventure when they raise their feathered hands across your chest. They have to touch you. The avians are not associated with human abductions. They only initiate contact with those who are willing to communicate forcefully, of course. And so that I can paint a crystal clear picture of the blue avians, they exist between the sixth and ninth dimension. And to put that into perspective for you, the source I received this information from says we humans exist in the third and fifth dimensions. So, what? yep. <laughs> So. I feel like they missed the one that we actually inhabit. Okay, okay, okay. That's enough. Okay. Let's not focus on the wrong. It's quiz time, Taylor. Oh, gosh. I want to see if you have the traits of an avian starseed, because apparently you can be reincarnated of one. Number one, do you have bird-like features? Um, Do you share a physical semblance with birds? Like, I would say no. Which birds? <laughs> Just looking at you now and you don't seem to. Okay. Do you have an attraction to birds? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, where did you find this? Uh, the spiritual nomad.com. <laughs> okay. Are you highly intelligent? Okay, we could say yes to that. Are you a visionary? Eh. Are you free spirited? Are you telepathic? Observant? Do you have positive vibrations? Introverted? Industrious? Loyal? Sorry, I'm just remembering how it said you were attracted to birds. <laughs> Do you have a superior memory? Are you a knowledge seeker? Are you discomforted in the human body? Does it bring you discomfort <laughs> to be in one? <laughs> Do you have strange sleeping patterns? That's the quiz. I would give an immediate no based on the first two, but I don't know. Maybe that resonates with I feel you. like most people are going to stop at that second question and say, you know what, I don't need to go through this test anymore. It was a shocker right out the gates. I'm not going to lie. I actually... They just they had to rip the that band-aid off. Of yeah. Do you have a strong... Let's not hide it in the middle. Let's just get it out of the way. Can you imagine if someone kept going based on that being such a resounding yes? 
Yeah. I can't believe I feel heard. Finally, somebody talking my language. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. So the blue avians will first introduce themselves to you in a dream. If you're wondering, have I just been contacted and I can't remember what a blue avian looked like? Maybe I have, maybe I haven't. If you've been in a lucid dream seeing them, yes, you have. In the dream, the BAs, well, that's Blue Avian, will communicate with you using only hand signs without telepathy at first. And their color and appearance varies based on who it's in contact with. So I guess by that statement, anything could be a Blue Avian. So (laughs) if you're seeing anything communicating to you with hand signals in a lucid dream, it's probably a Blue Avian. Once you're ready to accept their invitation, they will appear to you physically. Contactees are given a formal secret greeting, which includes a phrase. Unsure if that's a hand phrase, a telepathic phrase or what. And the BAs use this greeting for operational security. Very high clearance stuff. Wait, I have to ask this. Are there any stories of people like just having a blue avian come to them? And they're like, what's the phrase? And they're like, what the hell are you talking about? They're like, never mind, never mind. And they just leave. (laughs) There's actually been no sightings. Oh, okay. <laughs> but there is a sighting, but you just hold on to your like it's okay. gonna be like a roller coaster of emotions. Does all this not seem like, super specific to you already? I feel like it had to have happened in the past where they went to the wrong person if they need to give them a coat. <laughs> I really want to hear that story that led to that protocol. Yeah, they don't tell us. They just tell us for operational security purposes, there has to be a passcode. So. It's kind of like one of those signs that says, like, do not poop in the urinal. Yeah, it would like, somebody be did one it. off either. Yeah. It had to have repeatedly happened where they were giving top secret blue avian secrets to people who were not in the need to know. Okay, contactees are picked up by a blue sphere and transported to a more giant blue sphere. I think I said sphere a lot, just you wait. We'll circle back to that. They work closely with the Pleiadians and they're doing their best to make us feel more at home on Earth. That's why you feel at home here. Thank the Blue Avians in your prayers tonight. And their blue spheres. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. We also share that there's much underground wait, so, activity. So they're doing the best to make us feel at home here. Yeah. But one of the ways you know yeah. if you used to be a blue avian is if you don't feel comfortable here. Exactly. Okay. Just making sure. I mean, if, okay. I mean, yes. If we're feeling more at home, obviously we're not a blue avian. If we feel discomfort by being here and attracted to birds, we're probably a blue avian. Uh, yeah, you know what? It I might be the birds aren't real people replacing the old unsexy birds with newer, sexier robot <laughs> versions. This is lining up with a lot of things we've talked about. Yes. Okay. More at home. They also shared that there's much underground activity around the North Pole in Antarctica. Originally, many portals to inner Earth societies have been closed, but many visiting species have found new ways to open them. Now, I know what you're going to say. I feel like I'm missing information about the BAs, and you definitely are. I already told you. I'm about to give you the rest of the information you need to know. So now, in avant-garde fashion, I introduce you to my segue. So please pay attention. 
The BAs act as a single intelligent entity and are messengers and facilitators of the one infinite creator. Bringers of peace, forcibly apparently, they have visited Earth billions of years ago in their enormous spherical crafts, which are as big as planets. In a higher dimension, our solar system contains over a hundred of them. Yeah. It's amazing that they've been here for billions of years. If they're, they they found the best like spheres, spheres are just good. We're never going to increase our technology. No, not over a billion years. I mean, spheres are the answer. It can't be a square. It's just not geometrically like the best way to travel through space. You need it to be spherical. I mean, the Borgs would beg to differ, but yes, I get what you mean. Fortunately, the bringers of the spheres are on our side and they're strongly against the world's ruling cabal. Oh, good. I'm, I'm glad they use the term cabal. I know. The cabal is like a huge worrying factor to all of us. Every day, every second of the day, I'm thinking, what the hell is the cabal up to and who's protecting us? Their spaceships have created a blockade in our solar system to prevent the cabal from escaping. Their technology far surpasses our secret space programs, which are actually further ahead technologically than most of us can even comprehend. Mostly because we're not really smart like blue avians. The blue avians are a part of the alliance, along with other races and humans here on Earth working against the ruling banking mafia of this world. This is copy and pasted from my source, so I'm just conveying the message. Where did this race come from? The avian extraterrestrials originally came from another universe, but they are now located throughout this universe in many forms. The realm they came from we would consider to be an angelic realm. Many avians in this universe have evolved from small... (laughs) It takes a weird turn here. Many avians in the universe have evolved from small birds that were seeded by the 12D avians on 3D planets in various galaxies. And this is not giving some weird birds aren't real vibes at all. It's like super weird. I'm very curious if they actually know about this. I don't know. Like, I'm reading this and I'm like... Because I feel like it's too out there to be built into birds aren't real lore. I, I I don't, like, I read that and I was like, what? Okay, these birds evolved with huge diversity of color, size, and adaptations. Eventually, many developed an expanded consciousness because of their ability to see the big picture of their world. Their sentience developed from their visionary perspective and ability to move via thought. Some found themselves able to teleport and soar in their minds to other lands and then planets. This broadened their reach. There's a spelling error actually on the source. It said this broadened they reach. So they discovered and made a home on new planets. At, At this point, we're talking about like parakeets, right? Pretty much. Yeah, they're pretty good at communicating actually. Parrots. But they said small birds. All birds now, I believe, oh, because okay. they're okay. they came to all different shapes and sizes. Later avian species were genetically mixed with humans, as this was an experimental trend in this universe. Birds of Earth are a gift from the higher dimensional avian beings to help regulate our electromagnetic atmosphere. Thank God. You heard it here first. Yeah. 
They're assisting with the movement for global disclosure on Earth. They wear a lot of hats. They're a part of a federation called the Sphere Being Alliance. They are here to keep energy stable and to monitor the energies coming in. They are also multi-dimensional in that they can materialize in higher densities. Their function is to act as devices to diffuse the powerful waves of energy coming into our solar system at this time. Their huge ships are stabilizing the new energies coming in and that are creating an energetic consciousness ascension. Lots of things going on here. Lots of reasons why they're spheres, why they're here. Somehow they have come from another dimension, but they stay here in our universe protecting the cabal or something like that just wanted to point that out and i just need to interrupt this train of thought to clarify the sphere being alliance and what that is specifically recently the ssp secret space program alliance was joined by a group of beings that no one had encountered before they are a sixth through ninth density group of beings that have been referred to as the sphere alliance these new sphere beings have not only created an energetic blockade around Earth, but have also done so around our entire solar system. They are a non-violent group of beings who have brought assistance mainly in the form of a message. I also thought it was in the form of birds. But, so, so these yeah. are just like a, a group that really likes spheres then. And birds, yeah. Okay. Really likes birds. Oh, why weren't they the bird alliance? They exist beyond the confines of space and time. It's believed that these creatures have contacted humanity for millions of years, aiding in the spiritual development of humankind. Their appearance on Earth has appeared through human mythology. For instance, the Egyptian god of the sun, named Ra, was pictured as a bird-headed being. He was meant to represent the noonday sun and creator of the seasons, days, months, plants, and animals. That is definitely the easiest way to explain where Ra comes from. Clearly, it was a bird creature yeah. who came down into Egypt. Yeah. Ra was most often depicted as a humanoid with the head of a blue eagle wearing a beautiful crown. So now you know Ra was a blue avian. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're probably bedazzled by all the buzzwords you just heard. Cabal, Alliance, Sphere Being Alliance, Ruling Banking Mafia, Raw, so I, on. There's a I lot. I gotta tell you, there's a, there's a lot of similarities outside the Sphere stuff to anti-Jewish conspiracy theories. <laughs> yeah, no, there's some troubling stuff that is going on here, and you're gonna love what's coming up. Now, I'm gonna direct you to SphereBeingAlliance.com, the official website no way! of the Sphere Being Alliance, no. working <laughs> the energy <laughs> blockade for Earth, and I just want you to first tell me what you see, and then I want you to read the first paragraph you lay your eyes on. It's not, it's gonna be shocking, so just brace oh, yourself. I think right I've now. been here before. <laughs> <laughs> of course, SphereBeingAlliance.com actually takes you to AscensionWorks.tv. Yeah. There is a... Which is new. Oh, okay. There is a backdrop of space with some spirituality just inherently mixed in with a person sitting in a meditation pose with the chakras in the background, planets, stars, and of course, Corey Good front and center in his <laughs> pose that he does on everything looking off into yeah, the left. He only has the one picture. That's it. <laughs> But of course, a blue avian staring you right in the eyes, but it's really just ugly Sonic. Yep, yep. And of course, what what I can only assume is to be you accelerating ascension in that, like, silhouette of a human body. Right, yeah. To the left. That's us. Yeah. And in the top right, it says, got it, because you have to accept cookies. 
And you want me to read this first paragraph, correct? Yes, please. A truly remarkable insider and whistleblower, Corey Good, comes forward to give accurate information about what is going on behind (laughs) the scenes of the secret military space program, the secret government, and their development of the industrialization of our solar system. In a narrative that some might read like fiction... Corey reveals the true story of humanity's celestial presence and the details of an extraterrestrial message, which conveys details of the coming collective ascension of humankind. The Sphere Being Alliance is here to guide us through the ascension process, but it is up to us to enact the changes that will lead to full disclosure. Corey Good relays the spiritual message from the Blue Avians, which details the spiritual advancement that we are to make. More Corey Good in a hyperlink there. There we go. Man, it still it still fully reminds me of Ugly Sonic. Yeah, that's right. You read it here first. They're the brainchild of Corey Good. I believe Corey Good was probably like watching a never-ending story. And he was like, got it. See, I Change still think he was watching Futurama and he saw that blue chicken lawyer, lawyer. And he said, this yeah. lawyer needs a backstory. Yeah, but they're not wearing suits. Anyhow. Okay. They're not wearing suits. I said something that I want to circle back to earlier, which is that Blue Avians are the same group that also identify themselves as Raw from the Law of One. I remembered this coming up with these fellows. Well, right now I've only alluded to one fellow. And I wasn't fully convinced that they were the brainchild of these people being Corey Good right now. Or if they just kind of found it and, you know, took it on as their own as they do. So it wasn't until I heard the references to Raw that I was like, oh no. Because David Wilcock really threw himself into the Law of One, which is supposedly the channeled work of Raw. And he really glommed on to that. And he supposedly channeled or channels Raw and gives many teachings on the Law of One, like a lot. And the Law of One material has nothing to do with these guys. But they just kind of go all David Wilcock on it, for lack of a better term. He has multiple episodes on his wisdom teachings on Gaia. He has a book about it. Turns out Corey Good also lectures on the material. You can take a five-week course, quote, The Blue Avians and the Law of One for the incredible price of $189. I mean, you get the point. So I saw Raw and I was like, oh no. And I'm more willing to buy that than a Shen Yun performance. This might be a little bit more entertaining. Yeah. Now, Ra, the Egyptian god, and the Law of One are things that are totally separate from Wilcock and Good. Like I just said, they're not exclusive. It's just another thing that they glommed onto as New Age bullshitters. Corey Good says that the beings confirmed they are the same Ra collective that transmitted the Law of One. And anyhow, the Blue Avian story goes. Ra completed the third destiny 2.6 billion years ago. They built structures all over our local clusters, which I assume means like planets or something. And then they set yeah, up that's, a defense um, Our realm. star cluster is what they're talking about. Okay. They left our frequency about 1.8 billion years ago. They experienced their sixth density within Venus and within the sun, but have left Venus. So probably still in the sun. They have delivered their message three times in the past 11,000 years ago. They visited the Prince of Egypt and the rulers of another culture. Convenient for them. In the 18th dynasty, they contacted Akhenaten telepathically. 
Every time they delivered their message of oneness, the message was distorted negatively. This created karma for their social memory complex. They have made contact with civilians on Earth separately from their relationship with the Secret Space Program Alliance. Now, here we go. I'm going to take this directly from Corey's website. This website is difficult to find. If you just Google Corey Good, you can't find it. I had to go to his <laughs> LinkedIn to find it. So while there's stuff on his website, it redirects mostly to ascensionworks.tv. And taking a quick glance through what he has on Ascension Works, he's somehow been reposting tweets from Tucker Carlson. Yeah. <laughs> also, he has a graphic novel coming out in case you were curious. So, Corey Good starts speaking about the Blue Avians on Gaia, claiming he has had a long relationship with the aliens. Corey Good, who claims he has a long relationship with these supposed aliens, made his mark speaking about them and his purported projects with them for many years under the umbrella of Gaia, which is the social media juggernaut started by a yoga equipment magnate, which promotes all kinds of fringe beliefs. That might be a good episode at some point. It would be. I think it's on our list. It's beloved by adherents to the many tentacled internet conspiracies known as QAnon, I don't know if some of the words that I've just been saying that are kind of buzzwords that Corey Good and David Wilcock are really good at throwing around are all QAnon words. When the relationship between these two entities turned sour, Gaia found another supposed friend of the Blue Avians to cover that beat, and Good sued for the rights of his own alien experiences, which are the Blue Avians. So he basically said, I copyrighted the Blue Avians, yeah. Yes, we remember that because Gaia held him at gunpoint. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, Corey's story and the Blue Avians. Corey Good is one of the most controversial figures in ufology today due to the scope and scale of his life experiences working with the secret space program and extraterrestrial groups. In 2001, Corey began to experience dream encounters with strange blue avian beings unfamiliar to him. He later learned that interactions in the dream state were part of a preparation course to get him ready for physical interaction. In late 2014, barely after he became publicly known as a secret space program whistleblower under a pseudonym, Corey was approached by an 8-foot-tall blue avian being appearing in his living room. In the first encounter, the blue avian telepathically showed Corey his oneness with the entire universe as fractalized manifestation of the infinite creator. In May 2015, Corey began working with David Wilcock to record Corey's testimony. David immediately began noticing surprising correlations between the law of one material, which he's taught for many years, with Corey's descriptions of communications with the Blue Avians. David began to call Corey's testimony the Law of One 2.0. However, Corey remained very hesitant to consider any possible connection with Rattier Air, the Blue Avian he was communicating with, and the Ra, who was the source of the Law of One. In late 2016, Corey had communication with Rattier Air. It's R-A-T-E-I-R-A-I-R, in which it was made clear to him that their group consciousness, which they said was of the sixth density, was absolutely the same source of the raw contact. He wasn't sure at first, 100%, no doubt about it, same guys. I would like to emphasize, at the beginning of Corey Good's experience with this blue avian, there was no passcode or phrase. And in fact, this may be why they've implemented this system, because this is one of those interactions where they <laughs> got, got the wrong the guy. the material edition of... <laughs> 
And look what's happened. It just got messy. Yeah, they're like, shit, now Guy is holding him at gunpoint. Like, this is getting messy. We need to implement. This is it. We need to implement secret passcode. There's a meeting. It, there's a whole thing. Though Corey's direct physical contact with the Blue Avians ended in 2017, he continues to receive guidance from fourth density beings known as the Anshar, who have communicated a great deal of information to him about Earth's ongoing transition to fourth density, much of which has represented astounding correlation to the raw contact information about the coming harvest and transition to fourth density, also known as the Ascension. I'm going to circle back to that in a second. As I told you, I have this planned out. Sightings, you ask? Somehow, there's one. And it's remarkably exactly unlike anything good has conveyed about the blue avians. This sighting is incredible. I'm going to tell you right now as foreshadowing. In 1962, on a desolate stretch of French Road, a businessman claimed to have encountered a gang of aggressive bird-like beings, which not only blocked his car, but allegedly attacked him. The first account of this utterly unique close encounter was published in 1968 in the Volume 14, Number 6, November-December issue of the Flying Saucer Review. The report came from a man who was at the time described as, quote, a young researcher from the southern part of France named Lionel Trigano. According to Trigano, the witness, who would only be referred to as Mr. S, was a solidly built man in his 50s who ran an important garage in Hereau, France. Trigano interviewed the perturbed witness who, under strict conditions of anonymity, confided his perplexing tale to the young ufologist. Here's the witness's own account of the event, which was translated by John C. Hugill and published in the FSR under the title Strange Encounter in VAR. And, like all good tales of terror, this one begins on a dark and stormy night. One evening in November 1962, I was driving along a minor departmental road in VAR. It was a dark night and raining in torrents so that I was driving with my lights full on. The trip had thus far been uneventful, but it would soon take a literal turn into the twilight zone. Rounding the bend, I saw 80 meters ahead, a group of figures clustered in the middle of the road. I slowed down to avoid the group, and at the same moment, it split into two parts, suddenly and jerkily. I'm picturing this, and it's creepy. That was my part. Not, it's not part of the story. It was then that Mr. S noticed that there was something decidedly unnatural about the mob of jaywalkers blocking his passage. My window was down. Hate this. Hate it when they do this. And I leaned my head out slightly to see what was the matter. Always roll your window up if you see something weird. Always. It was then that I saw beasts. Some kind of bizarre animal with the head of two birds and covered by some sort of plumage, which were hurling themselves from two sides towards my car. This petrifying confrontation with unknown and decidedly violent creatures would be more than enough to disturb anyone. But just when things seemed to have reached maximum levels of high strangeness, they took a turn for the downright bizarre. Terrified, I wound up my window, accelerated like a madman, then stopped 150 meters further on. I turned around and saw these beasts, like these nightmarish sort of beings, which were heading with a sort of flapping of winds towards a luminous dark blue object which hung over the air in a field on the other side of the road. I wonder if it was a sphere. 
I just want to let you know that I'm hating every word of this too because of all the bird references. I definitely am not a blue avian because I hate birds. I'm not attracted to them in the least bit. Mr. S then described this ostensibly extraterrestrial vehicle in more detail. It resembled two plates upside down and placed on one another, as if a flock of attacking birdmen in a hovering UFO would not strain the sanity of even the hardiest individual. Mr. S put the proverbial cherry on the Sunday with his final observations. On reaching it, the UFO, these birds were literally sucked into the underpart of the machine as if by a whirlwind. Then I heard a dull sound and the object flew off at a prodigious speed and finally disappeared. It seems strange that these bipedal bird creatures were sucked into the flying saucer rather than climbing back inside as happens in most occupant reports. As bizarre as this may sound, one almost can't help but wonder whether these beasts were actually piloting the UFO seen by Mr. S, or if they represent some kind of alien pets or even a food source, kind of the equivalent of intergalactic free-range chickens, after all. Extraterrestrials have to eat too. According to Dragano, Mr. S had no interest in the UFO phenomenon or in making his story public simply for fear of being thought mad. Even if the witness had no interest in perceiving the origins of these creatures, the rest of us are left with the conundrum of just what the heck did this middle-aged garage manager see on that rain-drenched eve back in 1962. The editor who commented on the FSR story sagely, especially considering this was back in 1968 when it was a daunting task to correlate such disparate accounts, felt that this story was important especially in the light of the Mothman report filed by John Keel in the magazine July-August 1968 edition. That was a fun avian-humanoid, bird-humanoid encounter. Exactly the opposite of what they're preaching. Yeah. I just wanted to include a sighting. I thought that was a fun one. Well, and I really like the idea of these, like, Things that are basically acting like chickens or actual birds in the wild piqued the intellectual curiosity of Corey Good and said, wow, these things are so smart. Yeah, it's hard to say what inspired this. I mean, I've drawn a few inspirations of what could have inspired him on this, but I guess it'll always be a little bit of a mystery. I could go on and on about Blue Avians, but I think my parting thoughts of Blue Avians will be from Corey Good. Here's his thoughts on the Blue Avian message. Every day, focus on becoming more service to others oriented. Focus on being more loving, and focus on raising your vibrational and consciousness level and to learn to forgive yourself and others, thus releasing karma. This will change the vibration of the planet, the shared consciousness of humanity, and change humanity one person at a time, even if that one person is yourself. They say to treat your body as a temple and change over to a higher vibrational diet to aid in other changes. This sounds to many like a hippie love and peace message that will not make a difference. I assure you that the path they lay out in their message is a difficult one. Even on the unlikely chance that these technologies stay suppressed, imagine what a world we would live in if everyone made these changes to themselves. And here's the important part where we will bring it to and close. The Blue Avians also gave a warning with this message. They have tried to deliver this message three other times, and it had been distorted by humanity. They made it very, very clear that this information was not to become 
a cult or religious movement, nor was I to put myself and my ego before the message or elevate myself to a guru status. Anyone who does this should be avoided and held accountable, including myself. Love, Corey Good. And that's where we're going to leave it. Okay. We're going to leave that for you to think about. Yeah. Why would he say it if he was trying to be a guru? That, why yeah. would he say it? Exactly. Or a cult status in which I believe they've been accused of in our I... episode. Yeah, but <laughs> are they really a cult if they don't have a newspaper? True. Hopefully they don't listen to this. In our Although actually, I do kind of hope for a Shen Yun inspired dance show where everybody's dressed in blue avians. Okay, but wait, they do remember that movie they made? That was like, oh, right. do you remember? It was so yes. weird. What was it? The cover of it had blue avians on it. Yeah. It was a movie. And like red, like fire people. Yeah. And it was them specifically. It was like a Star Wars looking movie. What was it? Oh, the Cosmic Secret. There it is. That's a musical, right? The Cosmic Secret featuring David Wilcox. <laughs> I believe that's a musical. Oh, God, I missed that that's poster. Me. Such a good poster. Yeah, I know. It's a good one. <laughs> Any thoughts? But yeah, that's probably... No, that's a, that's a great place to leave off right there. Nobody who leads a cult would say, critically analyze people who are cult leaders. Exactly. So Corey could play self in that movie. Good for him. Everybody plays <laughs> yeah. self in that good for them. I just, I was thinking to myself, and I was like, have we even, Blue Avians, we needed a little bit of a refresher on David Wilcock and Corey Good, and just what amazing people who would never make up an alien for profit, or... That they have copyrighted, so that guy can't use. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Legitimately copyrighted. That is their alien they made. And definitely no signs of being a cult. Because they said, they said they cannot use it to be a cult. So now I'm super suspicious of them being a cult. <laughs> yeah. 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 But yeah, that's that's a great place to leave off. Chelsea, thank you so much for this episode. We needed a little bit of a lighter topic coming <laughs> off of a lot of cult talk. So yeah, it's very happily accepted. And I have been Taylor here with Chelsea. We are Journey to the Fringe. Thank you all for listening. And we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to Journey to the Fringe. If you have liked what you have listened to, please like, share, subscribe, or follow, depending on what venue you are listening to us through. Also, please, if possible, leave a five-star review, as that really helps us in the algorithms. Should you wish to interact with us, please check us out on your social media of choice. I bet you we are there. And if you really want to communicate with us and give us ideas for new episodes, or tell us that we're wrong and terrible, either way, please send us an email at journeytothefringe at gmail.com. For now, I'll see you in the next episode. Uh.